I was painting a fair bit just for our house because we were on a budget and couldn't afford to buy art. And it was a bit of a outlet for stress. Like I was studying for the CA and getting a bit more responsibility at work and I just wasn't coping well with it. So the art was the thing that I look forward to, I guess, at the end of the day. This is Life on the Land, a Grazy Her podcast telling stories of women living in rural and regional Australia. Hi, I'm Sky Manson, your host for this episode. If you have a copy of the winter edition of Grazy Her, you've no doubt already met today's guest, Whitney Spicer. She's not originally from the country, but she's young and vibrant and bubbly and creative. And I reckon she's just the kind of woman that small towns embrace when they choose to move their life and their family to the country. Whitney lives with her husband and three kids in Manildra in central west New South Wales. As a newbie to country living, she still takes delight in the things that sometimes we take for granted. The school bus, the local show and the dirt roads. These are the things that country folks sometimes grow tired of. But really, these things are the heart that keeps small communities ticking, alive, checking in on one another... And it's from them that the strong foundations are created that breathe confidence into other things, which in Whitney Spicer's case is her work as an artist, which has seemingly bloomed and blossomed since she lived in the country. I once actually applied, Tim and I love renovating, and we applied to go on the block and it has like, you have to, it gives all these random questions. And one of them is, what's your dream job? And I wrote down artist, never thinking that that would actually happen. Like, so it's crazy. I love it. I feel very lucky to be able to say it. And now here we are. We're going to learn more about your. I know. Cra- crazy that I can call myself an artist and that people actually want to hear more about my life. It's bizarre. <laughs> I feel like you are everywhere I look at the moment. Tell me a bit about this and what's happened for you, Whitney Spicer, as an artist in the last few months. I feel like it's all come to a head in June. Like this is a everything that I've been working on has come to fruition in June. And I said to who said that to me the other day? And oh, Clancy said, "How are you feeling? This is a big week." And I was like, "Honestly, July is going to be so lame because June <laughs> just has so much going on." <laughs> Um, Okay, so last year I had some pieces at the Courier in Orange headed down to Melbourne for Fenton and Fenton. And Jaya, the man that works at the Courier, he owns the Courier business in Orange, he packs packs all the artwork really well for me. Um, He had shown Pip my artwork. I didn't know. I hadn't realised that. And she, a couple of days later, had given me a call and said, would you like to exhibit at Jumbled or um, be part of the revolving stock room and I was like blown away and super excited so I said yes and that was late last year I put some pieces in there just to add to her shop like it wasn't for the exhibition or anything and they sold really well that was just before Christmas and then we got back from our Christmas holidays and I went and saw Pip and she said look let's plan a solo so we set the date for June and which I um denied about because I didn't feel like it was far enough away to get myself in order. 
Um, but she said, no, you can do it. You don't need that much time. You can do it. And I was like, okay. And we didn't commit to a number of paintings, but um, kind of just let it happen organically, see how many I got done by the time. And I ended up getting 25 done and it was enough to fill that big back wall. So I was stoked and Pip and Jess were happy and it came together really well. The way they place all the paintings together made it look awesome and, yeah, super happy with it. Tell me about your style for people that haven't seen some of your art. My style? So it's called Contemporary Still Life and I tend to paint predominantly from an aerial view, so a bird's eye view, and I started that by setting up little fruitscapes on my marble bench top. Like I would cut up the fruit and have different um, fabric and cloth and then I'd take a photo from an aerial view, which I would then paint from. Um, And now it's gotten to a point where I have enough um, photos that I tend to pull bits and pieces from different photos to create new compositions. And how did, like I'm so interested in the journey to this point, like How long have you been painting for and have you always done contemporary still lives or have you done a bit of this and that and why did it stick? Yeah, no, I've done a bit of everything. So um, I was heavily into art at school and I wanted to actually pursue a creative direction after school and I went and had an interview at QUT in in, um, Brisbane because I'm from the Gold Coast. And um, I was set to do that and I chickened out. And instead I did a Bachelor of Commerce. I just felt like it was definitely a more guaranteed career path for me. So I left the art behind and became an accountant, which I didn't love. Polar opposites. Yeah, I I know, I know. Um, I was still painting in the background. I was always painting in the background. And whilst I was accounting, Tim and I built our first house together down here in Orange. I was painting a fair bit just for our house because we were on a budget and couldn't afford to buy art. And it was a bit of a outlet for stress. Like I was studying for the CA and getting a bit more responsibility at work and I just wasn't coping well with it. So the art was the thing that I looked forward to, I guess, at the end of the day. I'd never sold art or anything like that. It was just for family and friends and for us. Maddie from the Corner Store Gallery, she'll often put out like an open call. So any artist can apply and you send in um, your imagery and she'll pick and choose what she hangs in the exhibition. And I entered um, three pieces. Two of them were still life and one was a landscape. Like Landscape was what I was probably predominantly doing a couple of years ago just because of the, the scenery where I lived, I guess, the hills and the cows and the sheep and things like that. And they all sold. So... Um, It kind of just steamrolled from there. My sister has always been super encouraging of my art and I I didn't feel like I was ready to show it to people, but she was like, no, no, I think you should enter the Fenton and Fenton Rising Talent Search. They have one, um, like the entries was late last year. And I was like, okay. So I was working on three pieces to enter into that competition. And in the meantime, Lucy actually contacted me before I entered, Lucy Fenton of Fenton and Fenton. If, oh, she said she'd been following me for a while and would I like to become part of, they call it the Fenton and Fenton staple, the artists that they represent. I think they represent between 25 and 30 artists, Australian artists. And I showed her the three works that I've been working on for the competition. And she said, yep, send them down. So 
that's when I sent them down to Melbourne and whilst they were in the courier to be sent to Melbourne is when Pip caught a glimpse of them from Jumbled. Mm. And so bef- before they made it to Melbourne, I had Pip call me, the fo- like so the week after Lucy called me, I had Pip call me and ask, would I like to become part of the Jumbled gang? So it was very overwhelming but super excited. I think I actually, I, I screamed, I cried, everything. <laughs> It's all so serendipitous, isn't it, how it's all those things all happen together and then yeah. this period of time is all happening together. I don't know. And I think that's social media too, the way, like I'm, you said I was everywhere on your feed the other day. It's just the way it happens, isn't it? Like it's thrown in your face at different points, I guess, but in the background I'm working on art the whole time, but it kind of just the way it comes together. And the other wonderful thing that has recently happened to you has been something with buy from the bush tell me about that I know well Grace put out the call for a new postcard for buy from the bush and I thought oh why not I'll give it a crack so I had met Clancy previously when she shot me for Gracie her I rang Clancy and I said would you mind if I painted one of your photographs like I had envisioned painting like dust on daisy or something like that and she said listen I think that's too too boring what about if you play on your strengths and do something from that aerial view of of a table but incorporate pieces of my photographs if that's what you want to do so I sat on it and um, we came up with the idea of the gingham tablecloth which is something I've done a bit in my paintings the gingham fabric and then I added in elements of Clancy's work like the dust on daisy on the Australian paper and the black cockatoo the bushels tea just like quintessential Australian country table staples I guess and it came together quite nicely so I sent that to Grace and she loved it it wasn't until a couple of weeks after I sent it to her she messaged me on Instagram and said we'd love to use your artwork and that was very exciting. So I haven't seen it on a postcard yet, but I'm sure she's busy doing that at the moment. And what does that mean to you to be able to contribute to such a platform? One, I'm just excited that she liked my artwork enough to pick it because I know there was over 300 artists that entered it. And two, just the places that little painting is going to go on a piece of card is pretty exciting. Just taking a small breather from Whitney's story to say thank you to all the past and present sponsors of this podcast, Life on the Land. Without this sponsorship, these stories would not be told and they would not reach the wider audience which we at Grazy Her strongly believe are contributing to the enrichment of Australia's cultural enlightenment of life beyond our cities. If you think you would like to sponsor the podcast in the future, we are always looking for support. So please get in touch. You can find us at Grazy Her on Instagram, or you can contact Sally Jackson directly at sally at grazyher.com.au. Sorry, Whitney, if, if this audio is sounding a little bit different to what we've been having in the past, and this just might be sounding a little bit crackly, but hopefully um, we'll get over that. But I wanted to ask you more about when you first moved to Manildra, um, what that was like for for you and Tim, 
did you love it? Was it um, was it a bit scary? Were you feeling yeah. like a fish out of water? What was your experience? Well, when we first moved here, a, a lot of our life, I guess, was still in Orange, which is only 25 minutes away. So our, all our friends were in Orange um, and Tim's family. It just felt like it was a longer car drive, really. We weren't involved in the Manildra community as much until the boys started school, which was a year after living here. So once Finley started going to school in Manildra, that's when um, I'm, I guess I met people and um, Finley started forming friendships, which which meant play dates and meeting other mums and becoming a bit more involved in the community and um, the women and the other farmers. Yeah. What about on your block of land itself? What was it that sort of first took you when you went there and you knew that? So I was very reluctant to move to Mildred and I just said, absolutely not. And Tim got me out here um it was a bit of a trick actually we went to his job site at peak hill which you pass through manildra to go there we we're going to check on the water cart one weekend and he said oh why don't we just call into this place you know um so and so told me that they'd be willing to sell and you know how it goes so i was like oh, okay so we got out of the car and um people were lovely and they said oh yeah if, if so-and-so said you can have a look then of course come in and they walked us around the house meanwhile I was eye, eyeball rolling Tim thinking this is why you got me out here mm-hmm. um and we went for a walk down the back towards the shearing shed and once we looked through the shearing shed I was like yep sold I could live here I love it it had so much character and it really was the shed and the dam and the and the gum trees down there that got me and what about, was it just peaceful? I, I it it was that. very peaceful, yeah, and very scenic. Like we have a lovely view here all the way around. So, um, yeah, it was lovely. And the house was exciting because it was something that Tim and I could put our own spin on. It was completely unrenovated and, and that's what we like to do. So it was, it was really exciting for us. And what about the simple things to do with farm life? So you know, like, yeah, having potty lambs and the school bus yeah, so and dirt roads and all those things, are they still great for you? The school bus was really cool for me because I'm from the Gold Coast and mum and dad used to drop us at school every day because we lived that little bit further away from school. The school bus wasn't an option. But here, I'd, I'd, I'd never seen a school bus pull up to your front gate or your front door before. That was a whole new concept for me. Uh, and the kids love it. Like if I go and pick up the kids from school, I get in trouble. Sometimes I get told to get back in the car, I take their bags and they catch the bus home without me. <laughs> or sometimes Darby, the youngest one, has caught the school bus before and I've just followed it, even though he's not going to school, just so he can hitch a ride. Like <laughs> he just wants to have a go on the bus. No, I love it. That's And, and, and the school... Like if I'm running late from Orange, if I do the grocery shop and I'm running late home, I would message the school bus driver and she would take them around the world, like go drop all the other kids and then come and drop the boys back. Like where else can you have stuff like that, hey? Oh, well, definitely so not where I was from. Totally. And um, tell me 
in the in the article for on you for the Crazy Her magazine, there's this little tale of your of your dog also wanting oh, to Tucker. get tricks. Yeah, so he's I've actually just gone and put a new chain on the tree because he re- I said to Victoria he is Houdini because he really is like honestly we have fixed this fence that many times and he gets out and he always gets out at school bus time so he'll follow the boys down there and so many mornings I've seen Finn walk back up the driveway with the bus waiting at the gate bringing the dog back and he's even got on the bus before I've had to step onto the bus and call him like pull him off the bus he's very naughty He's a good dog, but he's just bloody naughty. Like he just runs away all the time. <laughs> Is he a Jack Russell? No, he's a cattle dog, but um, we had a Jack Russell and that the two of them together were worse. So he has gotten better since then. But yeah, no, he wanders off all the time. Another tale of yours that I just think so beautifully depicts a lot about country life is about um, Tim's grandfather's relish. Tell me yeah it and the part it plays in your country life well the relish was just something that uh, Tim and I always enjoyed from his pop and he taught me to make it before he passed away he he wrote out hand wrote out the recipe and it took me quite a few goes to get it right um like I would have to ring him and say listen it's the consistency isn't right and he's like oh just just adding a bit more corn flour and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I finally got it right and he actually passed away. So I framed the handwritten recipe and put it in our kitchen just because it was a special little token from him, I guess. And um, after he passed away, I kept making it and we entered it in the Manildra show it's a very small show but and everybody gets involved like all the kids enter an artwork everybody enters like a pickle or a relish or a, the biggest vegetable all that stuff so I entered the tomato relish as red under the name reg relish and it won um best tomato relish and Tim's dad just thought that was awesome and I know his pop would have been super chuffed so that was kind of nice and it was one day that I was making the relish that I took a photo of all the relish ingredients on the bench top. And it was that photo that I then painted and was my first still life. It, it wasn't planned, it just happened that way. And um, people took interest in it. And then that's what kept me doing the still lifes. Oh, wow. What was it like when, you, when he was teaching you to make the relish and you had those times in the kitchen together? No, we, he never, he never came to the kitchen we we would go to his house and he would send us home with a jar of relish in like the old spaghetti spaghetti glass jar and and then he would he hand wrote the recipe and gave it to me and you got this yep I've got it and it was at home that after I tried it a couple of times I'd have to ring and say Reg it's not right it's too runny oh okay do this um did you take off did you take off the brine the next morning yes I did well you got to really tip it out I was like okay so this is all over the phone he never came into the kitchen and um and taught me or anything and and he was a very straightforward kind of guy like yeah yeah I just think that's the nicest story I've moved around to a few communities in my time um, Mm -hmm. and some of them have been country communities and I've found that there's always been a one special person that somehow takes you 
quietly takes you under their wing and becomes your wingman mm-hmm. when you're trying to yeah. delve your way into the community. Did you have anyone like that for you at Mendoza? I did, and I feel like I still do. I feel like she has my back all the time. <laughs> That's M. Um, Victoria wrote about M in the article because I mentioned her. And um, I met her through Finley, my eldest starting school. Her son was in the same class. And she was the first person to say, hey, why don't you come to book club? Or does Finley want to come over for a play date? Or why don't you bring the boys up and we'll have a cup of coffee? And, um, and she was she was forming her own business at the time as well. So she's a baker. And at the same time, I was doing my art. So her baking was a hobby. My art was a hobby. And it's we've kind of grown together. Now she has a baking business, which is very successful. And people rave about the food that she makes. And I feel like I've found my little place doing my art and people appreciate it and buy it. And we've kind of bounced off each other and... Um, helped each other as well not in not in terms of just the business but in terms of our family and our kids and just all the things that you go through in life together and it's kind of nice because we're growing and achieving things together but separately yeah and what about living on the land like you said your studio looks out over the paddocks what do you love about that I mean it is very beautiful for one but I'm also a bit of a hermit so I love doing my groceries once a week in Orange and knowing that I get to stay here for the rest of the week. Like the kids, I, I really, some days I don't even start the car because the bus comes and picks the kids up every morning and drops them off. So, um, well, it's scenic, it's beautiful, it's quiet. Um, we're, st- we're starting to, to dapple in a bit of the farming, so that's interesting. We're learning all the time, I guess. We've got sheep at the moment, so that's, I mean, it's a challenge for me, but Tim's taken it in his stride and... I, and I love the lifestyle for the kids, that they have space. And I mean, during COVID, it was, we were pretty much unaffected, weren't we? We were very lucky to live where we live. Mm, totally. Are you, do you call yourself a country girl now? I mean, am I allowed to say that? I, don't, <laughs> I wasn't born in the country, but I certainly don't want to leave it. So I'm, ha- I would, I'm happy to have that title. I said I'm allowed. <laughs> And what's next for you? I mean, it's been a huge month, but what else, what's on the dream list and what else should we look out for? Um, I would love to see my art in different forms. Like I'd love to collaborate and see it not just on a canvas, like see it on stationery or fabric or um, linens I don't know. That's that's my goal. I'd love to do something like that. But for the meantime, I'm going to keep painting and just see what happens. I mean, I feel like that's a philosophy, a philosophy I've had for the last eight months. Just take it as it comes and paint as much as I can. I still enjoy it, so that's great. And just see what happens. How often do you paint? Every day I try and do a little bit of painting. Most nights I paint because that's just easy for the kids. Um, but it just depends. It's, it's flexible. So whenever I'm free, I try and paint. I, look, I would love it to be my full-time pursuit. And I think I could at the moment. Like I've got 
um, enough amazing people that want to invest in my art that I could paint full time. But we also have a business that needs me as well. So I'm a bit torn. So I'm still responsible for our earth moving business that we have together. So I'm, I'm sharing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm half bookkeeper, half artist. Actually, yeah, and then a full time mum. <laughs> But it's okay. That's it's, it's the way. I'm, I just feel grateful to be able to do art at all. So we'll see what I mean. We'll see what happens when the kids go to school. Whether it turns into a more regular thing, I don't know. Uh, it's been such a delight to chat with you, Whitney, and get to know a little bit more about you and what makes you tick and your approach to art. So thanks so much for speaking with us for Life on the Land. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm not sure about you, but I felt so much lighter after chatting with Whitney. She's carefree and creative and takes things as they come. I seriously believe that she's the kind of girl that make the patchwork quilt of rural communities even brighter. And right now, with more people moving to the country, I bet there's a woman just like her who's living and breathing their own magic into your own community. If someone comes to mind, then maybe you could share this podcast with one of these women to help spread the word about life on the land. The winter edition of the magazine, Grazy Her, is still on sale in news agencies and local stores. To make sure you don't miss any of these wonderful stories, you can subscribe at grazyher.com.au. And if you take out a two-year subscription, you'll be sent one of our delicious Rachel Castle Grazy Her tote bags. We'll be back next week with another Life on the Land story.